Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Um, I'm going to read the text and then we'll pray. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus, you are the good portion. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're the one that we bow to, Lord. And we just thank you this morning that you are here. You're present with us. Where your people are, you are present, God. The Holy Spirit dwells and lives within us. And Lord, we just ask that you would open our hearts and minds this morning to receive from your word, God. I pray, Jesus, that you would just inhabit every part of our lives, God. Everything, God, that is happening in our lives that um, is causing our minds to be scurried or racing or thinking of other things, God, would you just calm us down right now, Lord, to be focused on the one thing, the, the good thing, which is you. And Lord, I pray that you would just anoint my lips, my heart, my thoughts as I um, speak these words of truth to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, modern day life is filled with so many distractions. Some of life's distractions are good. They're good things and others aren't. While working on a project, we may receive an important text from a close friend asking for advice. As we toggle our mind to try to help, we have an epiphany and we go to a search engine and we're like, oh, I know, someone told me about this thing the other day. We'll look that up. So you go, you got on Google, you Google a thing, and you all of a sudden remember that the contact, when you see it, they've moved. You forgot that they moved. So right at that time, a family member sends a text with some urgent news, and you're like, oh, wow, I better grab that. So you grab it, and you call them to see what just happened. And after having a phone conversation with your family member, Um, you realize that it wasn't so urgent after all, and you spend like an hour talking to them. And then you go back to the search engine, and you would eventually find the address of the place that the person moved to or the company moved to. And you send the information to your friend. You go back to your initial project, only to realize that you have no clue of where you just left off. And then through all of that, in a moment of frustration... You stop everything you're doing and you ask yourself, how do we ever get anything done? When will it ever end? Everything we're trying to accomplish seems to get sidetracked. By the way, this was my last Friday. (laughs) Like just everything. People just show up at church building. Hey, Nick, um, what's going on? What's happening today? Oh, someone comes in and they need help. They need prayer. Just things happen, and I love that, by the way. That's why we're here, is that we get to serve the people of the church and the body. But sometimes you're like, am I going to get anything done today? Um, So 
I was sidetracked, but it was by so many good things. These were not bad things. They were actually good things. And it literally seemed like I wouldn't get anything, anything done. But in all of these good things, sometimes, oftentimes, we're distracted by the good things. How do we balance school, work, family, friends, recreation in this modern society that demands all of our time and energy? How can we navigate our lives through all of these issues that are pulling us every which way? The truth is, we are so distracted. Many good things can become distractions when we give them a greater place in our lives than they should have. For some of, this, some of you, this might be your career. You may be climbing the ladder at work, believing that you're going to get a better position, that that's going to make so, your life so much better. Or you might be thinking, yeah, if I get that position by making more money, I'll, you know, I'll be able to give my family all the things that, that, that I really want for them. Or maybe work is just an invitation for you to have your mind distracted off of the important things in life. Sometimes we do that, right? We go there. We're like, if I just, you know, things are really messed up, I'm just going to go to work. I'm just going to stay at work. I'm going to deal with all the stuff at work. And maybe that'll just take my mind off of all the other things that are going on. But you actually avoid the important things by prioritizing work over your family or maybe even over God himself. You say to yourself, isn't it a good thing that I'm working so hard for my family? Yet you're actually missing out on important things while you are doing what you believe is a good thing. For some of you, the distraction is recreation. I know some of you are saying, don't go there, Nick. Don't go there with my recreation. Recreation is a good thing, right? Isn't it great to like get out in nature to hunt or fish or surf? Um, and I know that for some of you, you're like, don't even go there with surfing, bro. You can go there with everything else. Um, but this is the thing. I know some of you are saying that, but to the dismay of many who love these things, they too can be a distraction if they become a priority. Even friends can be a distraction at times. When we're tethered to respond to every text that our friends send us with action, so you get a text. Have you ever been there? Like you get a text and you're like, oh, wow, that's going to take a long time. I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll wait on that one. And, but then you, you end up doing it. And then they're like, you know, your friend is like, um, hey, I know it's last minute, but like, would you like to go do something tonight? Like, do you want to go do something? You're like, well, wait a minute. I have so, my life is so busy right now. I, I, don't, I don't know, but like, you know, I do need a break. And I do kind of deserve this, right? I deserve a break. So, you know, you decide, yeah, I'll go do that. And friends, this is the thing. Friends are just as important as everything else. Friends are important. Your hobbies are important. Your workplace is, is important. But have you ever noticed that sometimes good things can cause you anxiety? Sometimes it's difficult to choose between two good things, like last Friday was for me, right? It was like, am I going to do this or am I going to do this? But all these things that, came, that come up or that came up for me, they're good things. 
Let's face it. All you need is a call or text to change the direction of your day. And these good things become distractions that can make us lose traction in our lives. True, some distractions can be good or even advantageous to us. Disneyland, anyone? Right? I love Disneyland. I love the distraction. I love that I go there and I don't think about anything else. I like literally check out my day, like all the things that are going on, and I just hang and just like live in this fantasy. But here in our text, Martha's distracted by good and important things, even things that were efforts to serve Jesus and serve others. You know what? Throughout time, I actually think that Martha's gotten a bad rap. You guys have heard this before, right? Don't be a Martha, be a Mary. Have you guys ever heard this? Like, I feel like I, I've heard this all the time. Like, Mary, Martha was so distracted, and Mary was worshiping at the feet of Jesus, so don't be like Martha. But you know what? Um, Martha, do you think that she was doing anything wrong in trying to serve Jesus? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Martha was doing a good thing. But her sister Mary, she sat at the Lord's feet listening to his teaching. In this context, Martha is a servant and Mary is a disciple. Which means, literally, disciple, just, you know, that just means learner. Both of these things, interestingly enough, are basically the same thing. They're worshiping and serving. Those are both ways that we can worship the Lord. And the one thing that's interesting about this, this part of the text also is that this would have been unheard of for a Jewish rabbi to have a female disciple. I know for us in this context, in our society, you might think, be thinking to yourself, what is he talking about? But in that context, um, a, a woman would not be a disciple of Jesus or any other rabbi. So this is the main thing, that Jesus includes all people into his kingdom mission. This is what he's, he's pointing out. He's pointing out that he is breaking down these boundaries. He's breaking down these barriers. Jesus was not afraid to make people uncomfortable, as we learned last week, nor is he afraid to get people distracted by doing something new. So again, does this mean that Martha was wrong in her serving? Can we not worship as we serve? Did not Jesus say the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to be a servant and to serve? He gave himself a ransom for many. Serving is a form of worship, like I said, but in fact, in the Old Testament, it is often the same word. And Martha's not wrong for serving, but yet Jesus says she's missing something. She's missing something that's important. We have a saying here at Reality Carpentry and in the Reality Churches that ministry flows from intimacy. Ministry, you know, is not limited to people that work at the church. I just want you guys to know that. Ministry is what all Christians do when serving Jesus in any context. That is ministry. You know, in Ephesians, it says that the, the, the leaders of the church are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is for the saints. You all are the saints. 
And Martha's probably not, you know, thinking about this intimacy with Jesus. She's most likely serving the best that she can with what she has. And so she's distracted. She's anxious. She's troubled. And so are we. And here's why it's such a problem. Not because there are things you don't want, that you want to do but don't have time for, but because good things are keeping us from important things. In all of her serving, Martha is so distracted that she's actually missing the fact that God is in her house. God is in Mary, in Martha's house, and she's missing the point. You know, at that moment, there's nothing in the house that matters but Jesus. At that moment for Martha, that was the important thing. And maybe some of you are distracted that are here today. Maybe you're here, but you're really not here. Maybe you came in this morning and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to church, but like, I don't really feel like it. I mean, I've had those days even where you come and you're just in a weird mood, whatever. But this is the thing. When all you can think about are the things that you have to do, so you're here physically, but your heart and mind are somewhere else. Maybe you're here, but you're really not here. All you can think about is the things you have to do. All you can think about is what's happening tomorrow, what's happening next week, or even what happened yesterday. And all of these things in and of themselves might be good things, but good things can distract us from important things. It's a simple matter of prioritization. Okay, we live in Carpinteria, and carp can be a bubble. And going all the way to Santa Barbara (laughs) can seem so daunting for some of us. So we plan out our day. We're like, I'm going to SB today. It's a big trip, like 15-minute drive. What am I going to do? And, and then we make a list. We're like, I'm going to go to Costco. I'm going to go to Home Depot. I'm going to you know, do a few errands. Like, I better get everything done because I ain't going back to Santa Barbara. <laughs> so, you know, the one problem is, is that we get in our car and we're all ready to go. We have our list. We have all these things that we have priorities to do but we forget to look at the gas gauge. And we don't realize, hey, like there's hardly any gas in the car. So sure, all the things that we want to do, they're good things. But if we forget about the most important thing, which is the way we will get to these places without gas in our car, then we propel our vehicle with nothing. And we miss the most important thing. We need to prioritize the most important things over the good things. Now, once again, Martha was not wrong in her desire to serve. But good things were getting in the way of important things. And Jesus is always the priority in our lives. Jesus has to be the priority in our lives. He himself said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be granted unto you. Putting the priority of Jesus in our day, making that the thing, the one thing, the main thing, the most important thing, is the most important thing. I think about um, how my days go, 
And you can think about this too. Have you ever had a day where you just are like, I'm going to go get all this stuff done. So you get up, you're like, you're ready, you're going, you got all your stuff going, and you start doing it, and you're like, nothing is working at all. Nothing's working. And so you just push through. You power through. You're like, I can do this. I'm just going to power through. So you power through, and you get to the end of the day, and you call up your friend. You're like, I had such a messy day, man. It just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And they're like, did you pray? Do you want to pray right now? Like, and you remember all of a sudden, oh, I forgot the most important thing. And in the case of Martha, was the misprioritization of her attention the source of all her anxiety? Was this why she was so troubled? Or was Martha so caught up in serving that she couldn't even recognize that she was distracted from the most important thing? Now, I want to put this in context because I know some of you are thinking, oh, okay, that means that um, I don't have to serve because, you know, Mary was doing the better thing, so shouldn't I do the better thing? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You, you heard Adam, right? He said, just, just serve, right? Um, but some of you might actually hide from serving by over-spiritualizing your life, telling yourself that you're like Mar- Mary and not like Martha, This text isn't saying that you should quit serving because it distracts from worship. Both are vital and both are necessary. Just like I said previous, it was the same word in lots of contexts in the Old Testament. They're both vital and they're both necessary for a healthy Christian walk. But one must come before the other. If we get this wrong, we end up anxious and troubled and distracted by every single thing instead of being empowered by Jesus. Sometimes the things we want to do keep us from the things we need to do. How often are we distracted by all the important things in life? Are we missing important things because we're afraid to stop what we're doing, even if it seems like a good thing? Think about this for a moment. Martha is so distracted that she ends up being the biggest distraction in the room. Martha says to Jesus, hey, what's going on? What are you doing about Mary? And then she actually wants to command him. It's, this is crazy. So Martha is so distracted that she becomes the biggest distraction in the room. She actually takes Jesus away from the one that's worshiping and learning from him. Martha actually stopped Jesus, commanded him to tell Mary to help her. Can you imagine? Like, you're telling God, would you stop? Would you have her stop doing that? Like, she needs to serve me. Don't you see that, Jesus? And we're actually telling God what to do. Martha actually stopped him. And this shows that Martha was unaware of who she was speaking to unaware of what was really happening in the room. You know, it's interesting that Martha was so close to Jesus, literally, but she was so far away. Her mind, all the things that were going on in her heart, they were so far away from him. The fact that Martha was commanding Jesus to do anything indicates that she was missing who he was. She was trying to command God himself to obey her. And this is what happens to us when we get so bombarded by all the things we feel like we need to do. We get stressed and anxious. And then 
we even sometimes blame God for not helping us. We're like, God, don't you see what's going on in my life? Like, don't you get it? Like, I got lots of things going on. You need to show up. Like, God, what are you doing? But I think Jesus would say to us today, one thing is necessary. Just like he told Martha when she was complaining about Mary, he said, one thing is necessary. And listen to how compassionate he is with Martha. This is the thing that I love about the heart of Jesus. He could have just railed on her. Don't you know I'm God? Don't you guys get it? But what he does is he comes to her and he says, Martha, Martha, one thing is necessary. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't get perturbed. He actually empathizes with her. One thing is necessary to sit at his feet and learn. Mary had chosen the good portion to be in the presence of God. And Jesus said, this will not be taken away from her, implying that Mary understood both who Jesus was and the importance of his presence. God himself was in the house. God himself was in her house. And Martha was so focused on the house that she missed God in the house. If there's anything that you can take away from this today is don't miss the one thing. Don't miss the most important thing. Jesus is the most important thing. What's the one thing in your life that's missing? Is God calling you? Is he whispering to you? Is he screaming at you to see him? Are you blinded by all of the good things in your life? Are you distracted from important things in your life with Jesus? Do you have time, intimate time, that you spend with Jesus every day, every week? Are you in the word of God on a daily basis? I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. These are just all things that we need, right? These are really important things. How's your prayer life? Are you so distracted that you don't have time to pray? I mean, I know that happens to all of us at one time or another. Change your priorities, Change your priorities. And I'm not telling you this just to say, hey, do these things and your life's going to be better. They just are better things. These are just better things. And God gives us this opportunity to sit at his feet, to receive from him, to get from him what we have need of because we need him every single day. Prayer and presence should be our priority speaking to God and being with God. You know, God is in the house today. He's here. He's here right now. His presence is with us. Every time we gather as a church to worship Jesus, the Holy Spirit living inside us manifests his presence, and we're here to worship God. Amen? So don't miss the blessing. Sit at the feet of our Savior and listen to his word. You know, the Bible is the holy word of God and his spirit is alive in us to teach us his promises, his purpose for us, and his love for us. 
his presence with us. Don't be distracted by the most important thing. There are many good things in life, and there are many important things in life, but Jesus is the one thing. Jesus is the one thing. Jesus is the one thing necessary for life. Jesus is the one thing that we need most in our lives. Jesus is the one thing, the most important thing in life. Now, some of you are sitting here and you're thinking to yourself, how can I prioritize Jesus when I have so much going on? You might be thinking you're prioritizing good things, but missing the most important thing, Jesus himself. You know, Jesus wasn't distracted by any of the things before him. But he went headlong to the cross, knowing the most important thing was to make a way for you and I to have salvation in our lives, to know him, to come to him, to realize that he is the one that we have need of. You know, Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem to accomplish the most important thing. He wasn't distracted by good things like all the people who still needed healing both physically and spiritually. He didn't want to go to the cross, but it was the reason he came. It was the one thing he came to do, to give his life as a ransom. All so we could be invited into his presence, to be invited to be with him on a daily basis, to spend time with him, to sit at his feet. Because of what Jesus did, We're all welcomed into the room with him. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Because Jesus has already done it all, we don't have to serve from our own strength. Because Jesus has given us his spirit, we can serve from his strength. Because Jesus is so much better than all we are and all we have, we can lay all of our distractions at his feet. We can lay everything at his feet, even if it seems good. Bowing down before his feet to worship. Jesus tells us, come to me, all who are in labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus can take away distractions that we may have, good or bad. He can remove any burdens that we're carrying, any labor that distracts us from seeing him, any obstacle that takes us away from him. You know, it's, it's really interesting that when you are in that place, when you're in that place with Jesus, and you've given him all that he, all that you are. He takes away all of the distractions. He allows us to focus on him. You know, C.S. Lewis has a, a word that he says. He says that the devil whispers into our ear that we are wasting our time that we're too busy for prayer and contemplation, that we have too many distractions in our lives. But the truth is that those distractions are the very things that keep us from fulfilling our purpose and achieving our true potential.
all the distractions are just a distraction. Jesus is in the house right now. He's here with us. He's waiting for us to acknowledge his presence. He looks for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So put away all your distractions. I would encourage you right now to put your heart in a place where it's just you and Jesus. Because you know what? This is the interesting thing. When we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it's always just him and us. It's, it's just the two of us, right? And at the end of our lives, you know what it's going to be? Just him and us. He is the most important thing. So leave all of these things at the cross. Let the one thing, the better portion, Jesus himself, lead you to worship at his feet. Don't miss the one thing. Don't miss the important thing, the most important thing. Enjoy Jesus. He's here right now. He's worthy, and he's worthy to be praised. Lord, we just thank you that you are the one thing. You are the most important thing in our lives, God. We thank you that your hand is upon us, Lord. We thank you, God, that we can trust you for our, with our lives and with everything that we have, everything that we are, everything that we will ever be. And we trust you, Lord. God, would you please, Lord, help us to prioritize our hearts, our minds, and our lives on you, God, the one thing that's necessary. God, be with us, Lord. Change us. Use us for your kingdom, God. Teach us to serve. Teach us to sit at your feet. Remind us that you're in the room, Lord. While you're in the room, God, speak to our hearts. Move in us as only you can, in Jesus' name, amen.